Coming at you from the Steel City, you're listening to Poor Man's Podcast, Pittsburgh's premier comedy podcast. Your weekly dose of humor hosted by Chris Hopper and with a new special guest each week. And here's your host, Chris Hopper. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Poor Man's Podcast, Sports Extra with Sports Guy JP. JP, absolute beatdown in Buffalo this week. How are you this week, though? Uh, be- better than uh, the Steelers were on Sunday. Not that that's saying much, but uh, pretty good, to say the least. You have a pulse, at least. Unlike, uh, unlike the Steelers appeared to on Sunday. Yeah, this this was the worst loss for the Steelers in decades, and it was the biggest point differential so far through five weeks in the NFL. Yeah, uh, what are, what are you chalking up to? Just Buffalo being way way better than the Steelers are? Uh, I think Buffalo is one of the best teams in the NFL. They're a Super Bowl contender, and it shows the difference of the gap the Steelers need to do to um, you know compete with these better teams. Uh, Steelers aren't putting up a fight the way they have in years past and um you know it seems like they're just quitting yeah it also seems like their defense can't like it seems like on third downs or whatever like they just can't get off the field a lot of the times and and just watching this past game in buffalo parts of it because it was painful to watch um there were two times at the opening kickoff and uh there was another punt where they downed it both within like the two yard line and they both ended up scoring on both drives one on one play Mm-hmm. Yeah, and third downs, uh, the difference. Buffalo went 5-9, and nine, Steelers went 5-15, of 15, and also 0-3 on fourth. Um, it just seemed like any opportunity the Steelers had, there's the Mika Fitzpatrick had an inter- or had a shot at an interception, let's say, and Gabe Davis just ripped it from him. It just yeah. seemed Buffalo was hungrier for a win than Pittsburgh. Yeah, and it also seems like uh, maybe something with Buffalo's coaching or maybe it's just we're used to it from Pittsburgh, but like they didn't play down to their opponent. It looked like they uh, Buffalo was bringing it the entire game, and then even uh, our boy Case Keenum saw some action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, when you look at the time of possession, Steelers possessed the ball for nearly thirteen extra minutes, um, and uh, uh, then one more penalty. Uh, and uh, I mean the turnover game was even, but. Steelers, with the amount of plays they were able to run, um, yeah, they, they ran 18 more plays in Buffalo, and they couldn't get any points on the board. And if you're not, if you have more time on offense and you're still only getting three points on the board, that's an issue. Yeah, and it, it appeared like the uh, weather wasn't helping Boswell at all. Normally, he's a pretty good kicker. We were saying that last week and from previous weeks, uh, he missed a couple. Yeah, those were difficult kicks, and he's faced a lot of difficult um, field goals all season. But it, it was strange. The, the wind didn't seem to affect the passing game whatsoever. Um, Josh Allen, who now has a rifle, but even Pickett seemed like he was able to fit some balls in. Um, but the wind definitely seemed to take the t- uh, take the ball on field goal opportunities throughout the game rather yeah. than the passing game, which was interesting. Maybe he needed to just adjust more. I mean, I, I don't know how that's the science behind the, the kicking, but... Yeah, it, it was, you know, uh, we're talking about six points, potentially. I mean, so they only lose by, what, 30 points then? 
But, uh, I mean, the small things like that, but uh, Boswell's the least of the concerns with the Steelers. Yeah, again, uh, run game's non-existent. Um, Pickett, I think, played pretty comfortably, um, all things considered. I know he threw an interception and didn't put any points on the board, but he did have 327 yards behind a struggling offensive line that actually performed better than normal. It's just strange they just can't seem to move the ball downfield. He also had like 50-some attempts, didn't he? That's, I mean, that's not a good sign. That usually shows that you're behind for quite a bit of the game. Yeah, plus like game script immediately. Uh, Buffalo went up. They were deep in their territory off the opening kickoff. It looked like the Steelers had an opportunity for safety or at least a favorable punt situation being in uh, a third down. You know, if you field the ball there, you could get it at least midfield. But then all of a sudden, Allen just ripped one long to Gabe Davis and it seemed like... He was wide open, after the it opening. seemed like. Yeah. Yeah, wide open, and he takes it all the way in for a score. Um, there's no help over top. And uh, Steelers had a promising opening drive, but following that, it seemed like the game script was Buffalo pouring the points on. Plus, uh, Josh Allen only had 20 completions, yet he threw for a career high in yards. That's, so I was, I was going to say, I would wonder what the average yard per play is between the Steelers and the Bills in that game. I would, I would assume the Bills have maybe three times as many. Yeah, he finished uh, 20 completions for four touchdowns and 424 yards. Just when you have a quarterback playing that hot, um, you're, you're not going to be able to keep up. Uh, Steelers, you know, I you, you see teams like, you know, the, the Detroit Lions, that, that they fight, they lose games, but they're fighting and they're making every game competitive. Even Jacksonville and some of these teams we write off early in the year, every year um, from dysfunctional organizations, but... Steelers aren't putting up any anything. Is it that the, you think the effort's not there, or is it just that maybe the players aren't as good because they're focused on three main players on that defense, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, and then some of the depth people maybe aren't as good because it's so top-ended? It's true. They invest um, heavily in uh, those uh, big three playmakers, and they're fantastic when they can play. But when they can't, I mean, I uh, the what's the the stat? The Steelers have never won without TJ Watt. And, and yeah, in the past two years, I think they moved to zero and nine without TJ Watt. Maybe zero and ten now. That's crazy. Um, like that's better than like the Patriots would be without Brady. Like when Matt Castle came in and stuff, like you would expect a bigger drop off from other things. Oh, and nine or 10. That's a lot for what def- defensive player. Yeah. I mean, Alex Highsmith's played well, but I mean, he'd be playing um, to uh, probably double the amount of pressures he would have that TJ Watt off the other edge. Um, and it's just like they're, they're invested. They're very superstar driven on defense. Um, I think corner has been an issue for years now. Finding another um, consistent rusher has been an issue, and there's just no penetration on the line. I don't remember the Steelers ever having like two good cornerbacks. Like Ike Taylor was good; uh, he had a couple decent years. But like, who's who's the the complimentary guy? Like Brian McFadden is he that good? Uh, is it William Gay? I mean, he was all right, but he was never like an all star kind of guy. And he was also kind of like a slot guy too, kind of like. Uh, What's his name on uh, C- uh, not Seattle, Cincinnati? Who just left the Steelers? Yeah, Mike Hilton. Yeah, kind of like one that. of the best slot corners in the game. 
And, and to think that they could have just kept uh, Mike Hilton and uh, like J- Joe Hayden, like these guys were capable to stick around for a, l- a little bit longer. I mean, Hayden was our best corner last year, but he's long gone. Um, and there's just no one filling those roster spots. And uh, they're not controlling the line of scrimmage whatsoever offensively or defensively well, and, to, to be fair to some of them i believe witherspoon's been hurt for the last couple of weeks right so we're, we're looking at some depth corners as it is yeah they, they do um use levi wallace and came sutton more levi wallace that. was who got stiff armed right by uh did you see that i think it was uh, uh stefan Diggs. oh yeah <laughs> <He> <laughs> just ran right through him. yeah it was how nasty about, um, how about stefan Diggs after scoring his touchdown and then his celebration when he punted the football was the most punts uh, the Bills had in the first half of that football game. <laughs> I think uh, I think I, because I was listening to most of the game. I didn't get to watch a lot of it, um, but I was listening to it. And uh, I, I I think they said nine like nine punts for the for the Bills punter all year, like going into the game at least, or maybe during the game. So that's like one or two punts per game. So yeah, we're looking right. at a punt per half. Yeah, they're just a red hot offense. They're they're gonna be one of the contenders out of the AFC. Um, Steelers again, though. I think, um, like you said, I think the defense has its moments where they look like a championship caliber defense, but there's just no consistency. And their offense, I have issues with too, because they have playmakers and guys that are capable of going to Pro Bowls. Guys that I think are valuable assets to their team, but when they're not getting protected. And they're not point points on the board. You're not going to win football games. What's the biggest struggle for the Steelers right now, in your opinion, on offense and on defense? Offensively, it's definitely the offensive line um, because there's no penetration for these running backs to get going. Um, they totaled um, what, 54 rushing yards this week against Buffalo. It's just not enough. Steeler football used to be about running the football, playing defense, using the quarterbacks to extend drives when necessary. Um, th- there's just no one on that offensive line that's, qu- quite frankly, like they're bottom-level starters, if you ask me. I don't think anyone on that team would grade in the top 20 at their position. Yeah. Yeah, I, I th- it's protection, and then that, that makes everything crumble down. Um, without the protection, your guys, like, uh, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, they're not able to make plays, and especially Najee Harris in the run game is not um, making anything happen. I don't remember the last time there was a like non-existent run game since, uh, like I was saying, since I can't remember. Since Jonathan Dwyer was the lead back. Yeah, I was Earth just thinking of him the other day. I went, oh, <laughs> Pitt lost to Georgia Tech or whatever, and I was thinking, like, who went there? I guess Calvin Johnson went there. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Jonathan Dwyer. Jonathan <laughs> Dwyer is, like, the, the best running back on one of the NCAA football games, too. <laughs> uh, the same people that had Omar Jacobs right behind Matt Leinert. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, Leinert barely did better than Omar Jacobs in the pros. That, that is a fair analysis <laughs> right there. I was I was just thinking of that draft class because uh, I was driving past a, a barn or something. And it was called V Youngs. It, it was such a great year for college football, and then it was such a shame that none of them panned out. It was what Leinert, uh, Young, Jay Cutler. Was there anybody? And even uh, no, 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 never mind. I was thinking of JP Lossman. He went when Ben went. Never mind. Yeah. I don't know if Matt Schaub went that year or if he was also a Ben year. I think he was also a Ben year guy. 
I think it might have been as well because I remember he came out of Virginia, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember like on the "Hey rookie, welcome to the NFL" thing. I thought I remember seeing him. Like Kevin Jones, wasn't he a rookie that year? Yeah, I remember everyone hating on Mario Williams because they should have picked Reggie Bush or Vince Young, and that's why fans don't, you know, scout for the NFL. <laughs> Hey man, it's it's a pass rusher. I think since I've been alive, uh, has been the number one draft pick the most often. I feel like there's been more pass rushers than passers taken with the first overall pick I, recently. At least it feels like it. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I, don't know. I feel like quarterbacks still predominantly the number one pick, but pass rushers definitely number two if it's not number one. Yeah, I, I okay. I mean, that's that's probably fair, but they're definitely up there. I mean, it's passer and then pass rusher. Um, what's the what's the number one flaw in the defense right now? Um, and then for me, d- defensively, it's it it's going to have to be just the lack of the abil- inability to stop the run game. Last year, they ranked last against the run, and then teams can toy with you if you can run the football consistently. It sets up play action, and the Steelers also don't have the secondary built to you know, put teams away. Um, I feel like, you know, other teams pass run on this team fairly easily. And outside of the playmakers who said like Cam Hayward and Micah Fitzpatrick, no one's making plays. The biggest issue then for me is you you, got to get more pressure on the quarterback and stop the run. More pressure on the quarterback leads to more turnover worthy throws. And like we said, we don't see much production out of the Steelers wide receivers this year because quarterbacks just have much time to pass. You need to do that the same on the defensive side of the ball and rush the quarterback more consistently, force them into more third down situations. And you do that by putting pressure on the quarterback and stopping the run. I want to see more um, production out of the front seven outside of um, Cam Hayward. And like, I think Miles Jack has filled in nicely. I think Alex Heisman's having a pretty good year, but they're not good enough to overcome the you know dysfunction that's happening at the moment. Oh, yeah. I, I was I was looking back at uh, uh, the number one overall picks, uh, and quarterback definitely blows me away still. Um, since Mario Williams, do you know the other? I believe there's two. Is Travon Walker a linebacker? He's an outside linebacker. He's like an edge. Okay. Depending so, on the scheme. So would you would you in, would you include him in the, that then of the Mario Williams ilk? Okay, so yeah, I would consider that pressure. Okay, so since 2006, when Mario Williams was the number one overall pick, it looks mm-hmm. like there's two other pass rushers that were drafted with the first overall pick, mm-hmm. other than Walker, who we just talked about. Can you name them? Pass rushers. Um, I remember Miles Garrett going correct in 2017, and. and... Oh, um, uh, Jadavian Clowney. Correct, in 2014. Now, there's a, there, there's a couple tackles as well. So we have 2008, there's a tackle with the first pick. 2013, tackle with the first pick. Do we know who those are, JP? I do know those. There's Eric Fisher in and 2000. Jake Correct. Yes. And then... Um, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Say what you're going to say, because I want to count this. Uh, I was going to say, because uh, I, I did research this before, but... Uh, offense, left tackle, pass rusher, and quarterback are the only guys to go first overall, I believe, if I'm correct, since 1996. I w- I'm or- looking at it right now. So since 2000, when Courtney Brown was drafted, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there were 15 quarterbacks drafted first overall. Yeah, back in uh, 96, do you know who the last pick was, the, or the first pick who wasn't one of those positions? Um, yes, it was um, uh, Keyshawn Johnson. Correct, in 96, JP. I, 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 did, I did remember, re- I researched that before, and that's always stuck with me. That Keyshawn Johnson is the most recent non-tackle edge rusher. Or <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna read these off real quick, and then we can preview the Steelers and Buccaneers next week. But from me, Sean, in '96, we have Orlando Pace, Peyton Manning, Tim Couch, Courtney Brown. You love when you see the same team drafting with the first overall pick back to back. Tim Couch, Courtney Brown, Michael Vick, David Carr, Carson Palmer, Eli Manning, Alex Smith. Then there's Mario Williams, Jamarcus Russell, Jake Long, Matthew Stafford, Sam Bradford, Cam Newton, Alec or Andrew Luck, Eric Fisher, Jadavian Clowney, Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and Trevon Walker. So yeah, I'd say far and away quarterback. Yeah, and the Browns, uh, I noticed picked back to back twice when you said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that I'm looking, I'm looking right at Miles and Baker. That's funny. Jacksonville, Jacksonville <laughs> did once, but yeah, I do see a, a lot of Browns players getting picked. I, I bet you, if we would look up, say from the last since 2000, who do you think consistently is the worst? Like drafts within the top five, like Washington. Yeah, I, I, to me, it's always Cleveland. Oakland, Detroit, uh, Detroit. I was thinking uh, Rams picked very early for a few years too, but they were also very competitive for a few of those years. But uh, in Jacksonville, so Jags, Raiders, and Browns are always the ones I think of. But you're right, Washington and Detroit's definitely up. Yeah, though I think those five are are safe to be to be who are the who are the worst, (laughs) like perennially. But, JP, let's talk a little bit about uh, Steelers and Buccaneers. Tom Brady coming to Pittsburgh. Yeah, again, um, <laughs> we have an eight-and-a-half-point spread this week. I I think it's a lot of points. I would call me crazy. I would take the Steelers with the points this week again because I think it's a lot um, despite the blowout last week. And there's something about a team getting embarrassed the week before. They usually come back stronger. However, I don't see a Steeler victory. I think Brady's going to come on. He has, he's historically has played well against Tomlin and the Steelers, and he's he's got his pieces back. Mike Evans is back. Um, Chris Godwin's looking healthy, and um, I think that it's going to be a handful. It's a high-powered offense. Um, tackling Leonard Fournette's always been an issue for Pittsburgh, and I, I like uh, Tampa Bay to win here. Leonard Fournette's the the sole reason I lost my fantasy football game last week in my one league. <laughs> I, I, I was good minutes into it. I had Gabe Davis and Josh Allen. So. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a good play. How many Gabe Davis had what a hundred and like seventy yards and two catches? Yeah, he had he had two touchdowns, one hundred seventy three yards or about, and three catches. <laughs> Just beat him deep all day. That's like that Randy Moss style line. He had what like three <laughs> touchdowns on four receptions and like uh, two hundred and yeah, he was three for three, three tutties off three catches. Is that what it was? Yeah, on uh, Thanksgiving, I believe against Dallas. <laughs> Uh, I, I miss watching that. I, I kind of want to go back and watch like a, a game from 2004 or whatever, just like Dante Culpepper to Moss against like, I don't know, Brett Favre or something. 
Yeah, it'd be. Fun. I've been a um, funny thing. I've been rewatching from the beginning. Well, I wouldn't say rewatch. It's the first time I'm actually watching every Royal Rumble from um, <laughs> every year, and uh, it, it's funny always seeing the guys uh, come in and out, and like just so much nostalgia. I'd love to watch uh, you know, a, a Randy Moss game in his ha- prime. Time. Have you been watching them from the most recent back or from the first one? Up to the current uh, one. first one to present, so it starts at eighty eight. Last one I finished was oh five. Okay, so it starts in eighty eight. So they're all like relatively recognizable wrestlers then. Uh, yes. The, the first couple they it's didn't not like realize. Bruno San Martino or whatever. No, no, yes, uh, San Martino was well before the Royal Rumble. Yeah, uh, I always. Yeah, but- but I don't think they understood how like what it meant to wrestling at the time. So the first couple were a little iffy, and then like you get your Hogan's who went a few, and yeah, then it starts coming becoming a bigger deal. While we're while we're talking about this, Hulk Hogan's special move, atomic leg drop, is there a worse finishing move? <laughs> because like the 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 reason it's even sucks the mandible so, claw would hurt more. It, that's at least like unique too. Like, the atomic leg drop is not only, like, not cool, it's the least athletic move, but it would, like, for sure do no damage to you. Like, even just kicking somebody would hurt more. Even the worm would hurt more. <laughs> Getting the throat <laughs> chop at the end. Did you see... <laughs> which, uh, I would say among, among, like, the premier greatest wrestlers of all time, the atomic leg drop is definitely the, the worst. I'm sure there's someone out there who's like, well, this guy in 1990 had this. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, among, like, who would you would consider, like, a top ten guy all time. Well, yeah, that, that's also what it has to do with, and like... boring. Okay, like, Tajiri had the uh, green mist or whatever. Like, but he's not, like, a top ten or top, like, three all-time guy based on what a lot of people would say. Yeah, and, and like, I mean, then you get finishers like William Regal, who would just hit you with brass knuckles. I like how like that would be allowed every every week. Like the referee would just happen to like, oh, I I stumbled over something, and then oh, somebody's pulling me away. Like it, it's so fake. It's so funny, but like that kind they don't of have, stuff. Like, replay. <laughs> It'd be like this guy clearly hit him with a chair. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the ref can't be told like hey every time william regal fights he uses brass knuckles <laughs> yeah uh, well that's what i'm saying like obviously he would have a reputation so like the ref should be on his toes to like not fall for any managers like dancing in the corner or like i don't know it's, you know or it's like three strikes and you're out we saw what you did the last two weeks you're never allowed at ringside again uh, is william regal <laughs> still in the uh, wrestling He's on a AEW as like a commentator and like a coach, but he's not like in the ringer. So is he like, uh, is he likable? Is he a heel or is he babyface? I think right is... now, right now he, he's a, he's a face actually. Yeah. He's working with I think Daniel Bryanson and John Moxley, so he's like a fan fan favorite at the moment. All right then, JP, let's uh, let's get into uh, your picks, shall we? Sure. Um. So, okay. No, no, number one for me this week. Um, number one. There we go. I was waiting for it. <laughs> um, so I took this in week one, and I'm going to take it again this week. I like Jacksonville to beat the Colts again. I got Jacksonville plus two and a half. Um, well, like I said, Jacksonville is playing the chip on their shoulder. They're uh, 
that they're a hard playing team. And I, I see Indy as a desperate team playing against a team that wants it. Um, Colts uh, lead the NFL in sacks allowed. Matt Ryan's the most sack quarterback in the NFL. He's coming off a pathetic, they, they're just coming off a pathetic performance um, last Thursday against Denver. And uh, Jacksonville has only allowed six sacks on Trevor Lawrence so far this year, surprisingly. So they're keeping him upright. He has some playmakers. Colts just, they, they don't seem like they want it. They're almost like a, like the Steelers last year is kind of the vibe I get from the Colts. The Colts, um, yeah. The Colts, like, I don't think anyone's afraid of the Colts. And, like, I, I don't see them do it. Like, I don't think Matt Ryan's good. Uh, Indy hasn't had a quarterback worth anything. Like, that wasn't completely past their prime since uh, Andrew Luck. Like, they haven't been the same since Luck retired. Yeah, I, I well, Luck was their last great quarterback. And then they've had this evolving door for the past five or six years, um, not finding a quarterback. And that makes – they're just an inconsistent football team. And a lot of it's because there's always a different leader each and every year. Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett. Um, yeah, all these different names, you know. And I, I think there's more continuity in Jacksonville. And I, I think that – they're going to take this one, even though they're going on the road. All right. Uh, before we get to number two, I'm looking at the NFL standings. I hit the league standings. Coming in at the second-to-worst team, Pittsburgh Steelers, ladies and gentlemen. I saw uh, ESPN, I believe. I don't know. They have some metric or some you know formula, but they think the Steelers could be the favorite to land the number one pick. That would be kind of cool. Like, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I'm pulling for it. Like, I hope Kenny... Uh, uh, just gets better, just learns, you know, keeps learning. Like the Peyton Manning thing. Peyton Manning's his rookie year. He, like, led to the NFL in interceptions or whatever. And then the next year, he's a beast. Like, I hope he gets all his bumps and bruises out of the way. Come down with a top, you know, five pick. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, and then you could always trade the pick if you don't want to draft um, a quarterback. I heard um, apparently they, like, pick it more than any of these rookies coming in. Um uh, I, I would disagree on that, but I feel like that's what the Steelers said. So um, if they intend on rolling with Pickett, you could trade the pick back or you could draft. You know, I, I like Will Anderson from Alabama, the edge rusher. And I think he'd be a great compliment, complimentary piece to T.J. Watt. That's probably who I'd pick if I was Pittsburgh. But again, you could use that pick to, you know, um, Land, land more draft picks down the road, which I think is generally the smartest thing to do if you're in Pittsburgh's shoes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, get a couple pretty, pretty solid NFL starters instead of the what they have been doing. Go with the, the top guy and then just work around it. It's almost like the Penguins had for a while. They had like, okay, we're going to have Sidney Crosby, and then we're just going to throw a couple guys on the line, and it's Sidney Crosby, so it's going to make up for it. Like, Chris Kunitz's entire career, Pascal Dupuis' entire career has been made because Sidney Crosby was on his line. Yeah, and you can just find, like, continuity and, um, you know, guys to play with. I mean, Cam Hayward's not young anymore. We're going to have to find a guy, you know, to play aside him as well. And having him on the field is going to make anyone else play better, too. So, you know, I'd invest somewhere on the... I, I would blame, like I said, Will Anderson if I had to pick somebody. And, uh, I mean, we'll see what offensive linemen are available because they could always trade the pick down, like I said, and land a couple starters. All right, let's go to... Number two. Number two. Uh, Cincinnati minus one and a half I'll take against the Saints. Um, the Saints, 
have um, been disappointing for me this year. I thought I was expecting more, and uh, Jameis Winston's hurt. He may be coming back, but at the moment they have Andy Dalton under center. Uh, Chris Olive um, was taken out last week for concussion. We'll see if he can go this week. But the Saints, um, despite the offensive line struggles of Cincinnati, Saints rank bottom in the bottom three in pressures all year. Um, and uh, they're the third most penalized team in the NFL in first and defensive holding. Yeah. So I, I'm, I think these uh, playmakers for Cincy should have a day um, stretching the field, drawing penalties if necessary. And uh, lastly, the Saints lead the NFL in giveaways as well. So I think that Cincinnati, who's had a top 10 defense so far this year, with their um, g- great safeties on the back end, Trey Hendrickson and uh, Hubbard up front, I, I like Cincy to win um, by... Um, and you're giving me a minus one and a half points. I like them to win this game outright, and at least by three. So. Wait, so I'm, I'm, I misheard you. So New Orleans is favored in this? Uh, no, it's one and a half. Oh, okay. So Cincy minus one and a half. Okay, I still like that. I, I think Cincinnati wins by a touchdown at least. I think Cincinnati's uh-huh. coming out with something to prove this week. Uh-huh. It's tough playing um the Saints at home, but that's where Burrow and Chase played their college ball as well. Um, I think that, you know, I think the Bengals are just a better team than the Saints. And I don't think Jarvis Landry is going to be available either. So uh, Michael Thomas has been banged up. Um, New Orleans may have their guys, but they're not going to be at 100%. And I think Cincinnati is definitely the better team to to win this week. All right. Number three. Number three. Um, despite the Nick Bosa injury, I'm going to take San Fran minus five and a half against the Falcons. Um 49ers are first in the NFL in sacks, and they've allowed the fewest rushing yards and the third fewest passing yards against their defense. And now they're playing a team like Atlanta, who's out or who's down Daryl Patterson, who's their biggest playmaker on offense. Um, Kyle Pitts has been non-existent. Marcus Mariota is still Marcus Mariota, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I like uh, San Fran by a touchdown here. I was watching something that was like best starts of a, a rookie quarterback, and I think Mariota was up there. Yeah, Mariota and Winston, both from the same draft, both had promising starts, but it seems like both of them have just, you know, f- faded out. And p- part of that is the Titans never really built a team around Mariota, but uh, he's not much of like, he's kind of like too nice of a guy, I feel like, to like lead a team, so to speak. So what, what, I I I, I, th- I, th- I like San Fran to beat Atlanta by a touchdown. I feel like Tennessee hasn't really been like that intimidating. I mean, I guess last the one like the one of the last two years with Derrick Henry and stuff, but not since like I don't know Eddie George and Steve McNair were playing. Like they've had like Billy Volick as their quarterback or Kerry Collins. Like they've never had a quarterback that's ever scared me since Steve McNair. And that's, you can't win in the NFL today with a running back being your best player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, they, they've struggled to find a quarterback. Now it's Tannehill who's played. Uh, he's he's had his moments where he's played well, but altogether he's not the guy that's going to get you to the promised land. And Chris Johnson, who's incredible for a couple years. Chris Brown, the <laughs> he was <laughs> back with uh, Billy Volick, I think, and Drew Bennett. Uh, those were good, good Titans teams. Tyrone Calico. I don't know why I'm thinking of all these names now. All right, you ready for the next one? Mm-hmm. Number four. 
This is a, a tough one because it's kind of it's essentially a coin flip. Buffalo's coming off a dominating victory over Pittsburgh, but they're playing the Chiefs this week. I'm going to take the Chiefs because the Chiefs are at home and they're getting two and a half points. Um, I think any team that gets points in this matchup, you have to take. And if you're giving it to the home team, I'm going to take Kansas City. Uh, Mahomes is three and one in his career against Josh Allen. Um, and um, what, what, one area of weakness for the Bills, though, is the interior of their offensive line, which currently ranks 26th in the NFL. Oh, wow. Chiefs defense. Yeah. Ch- Chiefs defense is playing at a Super Bowl level despite not having the superstars as some other teams, but they're playing consistent football. Chris Jones, who plays on the interior, is the second-highest-graded interior rusher, according to PFF. And uh, Buffalo may be out of uh, or down Jordan Poyer for another game. He'll be questionable. And uh, without Micah Hyde, um, look for, um, you know, the Chiefs may have an opportunity to take it, uh, take shots down the field without the safeties playing. Do we think um, uh, it'll come down to whoever has the ball last, like it did the last time they met? Um, it, it's de- definitely possible. These got these are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion. And I could see it coming down to whoever possesses the ball last. Both defenses are playing well, and um, you know, I I, I I feel like Kansas City just has a slightly better edge this week because they're at home and get a couple points. But I, I could see this coming down to. I could see this coming down to who has the ball last. Absolutely. Is this a Sunday night game? Do you know? Because it seems like the premier game this week. Um, Let me check that. I, I feel like, why wouldn't you make it a primetime football game? It's Thursday night. Uh, no, no, it's, it's just, a 425 kickoff. You know what? I kind of like that because I feel like all the 4 o'clock games always suck. Like, unless the Steelers are playing, they're always like the, the NFC East playing. Yeah, I agree. Four fifteen, you're kind of like, uh, it, it always is, or, or it's like you get the Packers or the Cardinals or something. Yeah, the Packers are yeah, on yeah. a lot too. Yeah, yeah, you, you get a lot of the Packers at four fifteen. Yeah, I, 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 that's actually a good way of looking at it because I'll watch the primetime game regardless, and um, I think Buffalo Kansas City is definitely going to be. It, it has potential to be game of the year. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. Um, let's go to number five. All right. And for number five, I'm going to take. Um, okay. So this is the Sunday night. Oh, game wait. Right sorry, now. JP. The Steelers and Buccaneers also play at four. Oh, no. It's one o'clock. Oh. I read that wrong. It's one o'clock. Thank God. Okay, yeah. Good. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> I didn't think they left. They don't leave like the Eastern time zone all year or something. Oh, really? Uh huh. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's Sunday night game this week is Dallas and Philly. I'm going to take the Cowboys with the points. They're plus five and a half. Um, Cooper Rush is undefeated as a starter. He's played well. But more more importantly, Cowboys lead the NFL in pressures and they're second in total sacks. Um, the uh, Philadelphia is playing well, but the left side of their line is not as strong as the other. I think that they'll we'll see a lot of double stacks with Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons coming off the edge. And uh, believe it or not, Eagles um, not nearly as explosive in the second half as they are in the first, which has kept a lot of teams in contention with the spread. Um, so get this. The Eagles have scored a total of 135 points all season. Okay. In the first half, 
They have 106 points in the second half. They have 29. Wow. So they're very, yeah. they're very top heavy front. Well, front heavy, I guess. So teams are adapting to them, making the proper adjustments and slowing them down. And get this, this is crazy. 68% of their points about, so 92 out of 135 points were scored in the second quarter alone. Wow. Yeah, so I think that's that, like almost you know, two thirds or higher than two thirds. Yeah, they're, they're a team that gets in there and then they get their feet wet and they pour on the points, it looks like, and then teams adapt to. Well, um, you know, whatever they're doing. And I think the Cowboys have a lot of playmakers on defense. Like I said, Vander Ash is there with uh, Diggs. And, uh, of course, uh, Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. I think that uh, F- F- Philly hasn't played a defense like this yet. And I-, I think Cooper Rush will do enough to control the ball. They have the two good running backs with Elliott and uh, Pollard. I-, I think Dallas hangs in there. They may not win, but I, I think they keep it within five and a half. All right, JP. Um, that's all. I'm looking forward to this weekend. I'm looking forward to Steelers, Tampa Bay, although I don't know that it's going to be uh, too much of a different result than last week, probably less of a blowout. Uh, I think I'm almost looking more forward to the, the Kansas City-Buffalo game, honestly. Yeah, that would be more exciting, a lot more scoring, obviously. Um, Just better quality play. Yeah, just yeah, it's sloppy across the board for Pittsburgh. Um, if they want to beat Tampa, they're going to have to rush Brady. The interior of uh, Tampa's offensive lines banged up. They're playing with some scrubs up front. But like I said, Steelers aren't slowing the run game down, and they're not getting enough pressure um, in the past couple weeks. So if they want to attack Brady, that's how they're going to have to do it. It's uh, right off the gut, right off the middle. All right. JP, check out uh, check out the regular Poor Man's Podcast every Monday. We just had uh, comedians Eric Nesby and Ronnie Fleming on. It was a super fun show. You have to definitely listen for that. Listen next week for Chris Nakis and Dave Stewart. Uh, the week after that, we know we have Michelle, the Pittsburgh foodie girl, coming on. And I don't know if I have another guest, so maybe I'll book somebody. We'll figure that out. Um, but JP, thank you so much. For, uh, talking, yeah, for talking some football with us. Uh, listen to this show, obviously, every Wednesday. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. You won't see anything on Twitter, but we actually have it available. So why not click that bird or whatever the hell it is on there? JP, once again, thank you. All right. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, always great to be on the Poor Man's Podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. And for JP, I'm Chris. I'm going to say I'm so happy yeah. that I was allowed to be part of your day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you had a good time. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the show to catch the latest episodes and share with your friends. We can't promise not to embarrass you. And if you just can't get enough, follow us on Instagram at Poor Man's Podcast 412, Twitter at Poor Man's Pod 412, and Facebook. This is Pittsburgh's own Poor Man's Podcast, signing off. See you next week. You like that? You like that? You play to win the game. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie.